Hi, this is Brad Redderson, and welcome to Sternova Strategic Edge, a bi-weekly audio business program where we explore emerging strategies in strategic innovation from the edges of the business ecosystem. In this shorter companion program to our bi-weekly Stranova interview podcast, we explore the implications of some of the newest strategic trends in business from all over the world and present them every other week, alternating with our regular interview series. So, thanks for tuning in, and let's get started with this episode of Stranova Strategic Edge. That sound you just heard was of some of your closest relatives, the chimpanzees. That probably isn't exactly a revelation, but both how much we now know about exactly how close a set of relatives they are, as well as what the research efforts that have provided this information could mean to the strategic edge of medical treatments for each of us in the very near future, will, I expect, be a big revelation for many of you listening today. Starting at a sort of beginning, in 1986, a Mr. Charles DeLisi, who was then director of the U.S. Department of Energy's Health and Environmental Research Programs, wrote a two-page memo to the Assistant Secretary in April 1986, suggesting that the government fund a research effort to identify every part of the entire human genome set and, with it, help provide a map for our many inherited characteristics, strengths, and built-in liabilities, with the goal, in turn, of helping us all have a better overall understanding of what makes us human from a genetic sense and of how our physical health may be affected by how our own individual human genome biosystem has been assembled. As a result of this two-page memo, a $3 billion project was formally funded by the U.S. Department of Energy and the U.S. National Institutes of Health and joined together in an international consortium of scientists and research associates from countries as diverse as China, France, Germany, Japan, and the United Kingdom. As a result of intensive effort from all sides, as well as a remarkable creative collaboration from this enormous team, a rough draft of the entire human genome was completed and made available for all mankind to evaluate in the year 2000, only six years ago. Based on the latest research, according to a 2004 report by over 2,800 researchers with the International Human Genome Sequencing Consortium, we humans can be defined from a selection of between 20,000 and 25,000 genes, a number that is both large enough to continue to hide many mysteries from us and also small enough so as to offer us tantalizing clues, even in the very few years since the Human Genome Project was first closed, as to how this genetic sequence might be used to help understand ourselves better and improve our overall health as a species. Now, since these mini-podcasts are intended to help glean a bit about the business implications of emergent trends such as these, let's consider who some of the many players might be in this particular business ecosystem. In one sector of the cosmos, we have the so-called pure researchers who continue to analyze and map both the specific identity of and as much as is possible known about what each specific genetic subset is and is responsible for. In another sector, we have the pharmaceutical companies and medical companies who are eagerly identifying ways to make use of this information for two different purposes at the same time. First, to help identify potentially genetically inbred liabilities we might be carrying with us right now and help us to anticipate and take preventive action to deal with these liabilities before they become the basis 
for a need for long-term intensive medical care, or worse, premature death. A major second path of analysis for these medical companies is the design of so-called designer drugs that are explicitly selected for use with individuals with a matched genome sequence of their own. For everything from the early treatment of these built-in liabilities, now that we have discovered them long before they could do any serious damage, to specialized drug treatments which are less likely to cause adverse reactions in specific patients, and finally even to carefully grafted genetically matched medical treatments that actually target the specific genetic nature of the built-in liabilities. This latter field is sometimes referred to as pharmacogenomics. It's not completely new, but understanding how some of the early baby steps in harvesting the seeds of this amazing human genome project can help us understand where we'll head and what it might take to get us there. As an example of how this last area has already been put into practice, let's take a look at a deadly medical threat, breast cancer, which kills some 40,000 people per year in the United States. As a recently discovered key to dealing with this, it is known that human cells usually have and express, as it's called, two copies of HER-2-NEU, or HER-2-NU, which is located on one of our chromosomes and provides the genetic encoding for epidermal growth. Recently, it has been learned that 25% or more of breast cancers carry multiple copies of this HER2-new gene, which leads to what is known as overexpression of the HER2-new protein. That extra receptor genetic material tends to make cells do what they do as living systems more rapidly, which in turn causes the cells to divide more quickly and in a more chaotic fashion. And result, more rapid tumor growth for these kind of cancers. Now this genetic code, which can be analyzed when breast cancer has been discovered in a patient, hopefully early so, using many of the early detection screens available today, turns out to also be more treatable with some specific therapies than others. Just because the genetic encoding points to specific types of tumor problems as the root subsystem that must be derailed. As a result, using specialized treatments such as Herceptin, an antibody that explicitly binds with the exposed portion of the overexpressed HER2 new receptors on the cell service, people with this explicit genetic problem now have a targeted treatment that will work better with them than those with other kinds of breast cancer tumors. It is a wonderful result, but it also points to the next part of the business ecosystem that must exist in order to fully make use of all the Human Genome Project could make possible. That part is the availability of raw data that shows both the distribution of human genome materials in the world's populations and the linkages of those materials to genetic predispositions and liabilities like the complex breast cancer example I described earlier. This is a tricky one because we as a people are very private about any use of our personal medical information for anything other than taking care of ourselves and perhaps with good cause, because yet another part of this complex business network are the insurance companies who might want to classify you as a specific insurance risk if it were to leak that you, although apparently healthy to look at you, have a built-in genetic time bomb just waiting to explode and create problems for you and the medical care providers paid for with that insurance. However, assuming we do realize we're all in this together, if adequate protections are in place to keep data secure, and if laws are in place that prevent the discrimination against individuals just because of the particular role of the genetic dice they were given, then maybe that data could be gathered and, in turn, cross-referenced and used as an ally in an ever-deeper exploration of pharmacogenomics. 
The U.S. version of this, announced by the National Human Genome Research Institute, is still in the planning stages. But Biobank, the British project along these same lines, is scheduled to start literally within weeks of your having heard this mini-cast. However, the first major attempt at gathering this sort of data was launched over five years ago when the government of Iceland granted a single company, Deco Genetics, the rights to inspect the genetic and medical information of the entire population of Iceland. That's right, every living person in Iceland. For those wondering, the government's action was declared unconstitutional after many individuals and citizen groups complained this information was not to be shared without their permission and could not be transferred by an edict of a government. But, and this is to me the most amazing story, after the law was repealed, Decode decided to go after more focused research and asked for volunteers. And the same citizenry, both given the right to opt in and in reflecting on the long-term value for all of us, has signed up to share those same records at a rate of 50% of the population. Thanks to their gift and trust, more than a dozen genes have already been identified which are apparently linked to heart and artery diseases, propensity for stroke, asthma, prostate cancer, diabetes, osteoporosis, and schizophrenia. So, where is all this heading? Cures for the previously uncurable are very likely coming, and coming far sooner than anyone might have previously imagined. But, just to tantalize you a bit more, let's go back to those chimps whose screeching opened this essay. It turns out, after considerable research, that we human beings have, according to a summary article in the New Scientist in their December 24th through 31st issue of 2005, a 96% genetic similarity with chimpanzees, with more than 25% of them identical between the two species. It might be a shock to hear that, but the next part is, to me, even more amazing. With such a close genetic connection between us, genetic researchers have begun investigating where we are genetically different and, using evolutionary clues, also looking for which genetic differences have evolved the most rapidly in helping bring about the rise of the human species. Interestingly enough, what has evolved most rapidly is not what you might have expected, and things such as the brain and the nervous system, which we think of as differentiating us, actually haven't changed all that quickly. What has changed the quickest are genes that manage what are known as transcription factors, the proteins that act as biological switches to turn other genes on and off. So it turns out that what makes us human, in the biological sense at least, is a set of genetic instructions to either turn on or turn off some of our chimpanzee characteristics. It all makes you think, doesn't it? Imagine if the very next field of research involves how we could trigger some of these on and off switches and the incredible powers that might open up for the cure of disease and the enhancement of life. It's a very delicate business, and while we definitely have no business playing God, we may just be on the brink of a staggering reign of genetic discoveries and an incredible flood of medical opportunities to transform our way of life. Most of you only know us from our audio program and related website, but Stranova is more than that. We're also a strategic resource group, helping emerging businesses get off the ground, where existing businesses reposition themselves for explosive growth in the future. With over 30 years of experience in strategic innovation, we know we can help you understand your business better and create strategic innovations with you that can ignite your own business growth. If you'd like to learn more, write us at ideas at stranova.com. Next on Stranova's interview series, we talk with Joel Hodroff, CEO of Dual Currency Systems, 
a highly innovative company founded around the concept of universal reward systems, where frequent flyer miles, unused healthcare services, empty hotel rooms, and even free tuition offers underutilized by university employees can be traded and combined with other non-cash currencies to help every stakeholder in these systems more fully utilize their benefits and even benefit our entire economy in the process. Tune in when it's published on the Internet on Monday, February 13th. If you have comments on this week's show or suggestions for topics or guests for future shows, please contact us by email at ideasatsternova.com at our Sternova comment line at 1-408-849-4394 or via Skype by clicking on the link on our homepage. You can also join in our conversation by connecting with us on our Sternova blog by clicking the link on our homepage or going directly to blog.sternova.com. We look forward to your thoughts and the growing dialogue we're building on the intersection of strategy and innovation. This recording is copyright 2006 by Brad Redderson, and this is Brad Redderson thanking you for joining us this time at Stranova Strategic Edge.